Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great, too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Hello and welcome to another edition of your favorite podcast, Insane in the Membrane. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the show once again. <sighs> I love doing these. I love coming to the studio because it makes me feel like I'm doing something. Do you know what I mean? Like having somewhere to go. It's, it really makes me feel feel good. It's, I think that's what happened with the lockdowns. We didn't have anywhere to go and we, didn't, we weren't needed anywhere. So it's nice that I actually get on a train, I've got my cup of coffee, a bit of breakfast, and I make a few notes about who I'm talking to. And I head on down to Tunbridge Wells and I see producer Paul and his little head and we have a nice time. <laughs> Uh, before we get into it, before we get into this week's episode, um, do us a favour. Now, we, we don't want to beg, but we just want to, we just need your help a little bit, all right? And well, in that way, and we want, we would love it if you would become a patron. It's just a couple of quid a month. I know we're all a bit skint, all right? I, I get it. It's a couple of quid a month that you won't miss. Honestly, you won't even know it's gone. And what it does, it helps us keep this podcast going, all right? And that's it. And that, all the money goes back into the podcast. It's not like we're rolling around on coins like Smaug or whatever it is, like Scrooge McDuck, all right? We just want enough money just to keep it going. And that's just a couple of quid a month. If you could do that for us, that would be great. What you get for your money, you get over 50 archived interviews. Uh, so from what we've done before, that's now for our Patreons. Um, you also get early access to our filmed interviews because we're doing that now. And uh, we so and that's we, yeah, it's got some, we've got some things coming up as well. Uh, some other things for our patrons as well. So watch this space. I'll keep you posted about that uh, at a later date. If we do that for us, if you could go to patreon.com forward slash membrane podcast or click the link tree link in the podcast description or all of my socials. So go to my Instagram, I am Rich Wilson. In the bio, you'll see it says link tree. Click that. And that will take you to everything that we do on my website. Uh, so you'll see dates where I'm where I'm gigging. Um, you'll take to producer Paul's business. So if you want to book him for something, you can. Uh, there's all manner of stuff going there. So do that for us. So that's patreon.com forward slash membrane podcast. Or click the link tree podcast in my podcast, in my bios, in my social media. That would be lovely. Thank you so much. Honestly, it just helps us keep the thing going. That would be lovely. Thank you so much. So on with the show. This week, as part of our Edinburgh season of episodes, we're re-releasing an interview that we first did uh, back in February on Insane of the Fembrane with the mighty Flo and Joan. Uh, They're going to be at the festival, uh, Assembly Roxy Central at 8.10pm every single day. It was such a great chat with with the girls. I haven't spoken to them properly before. Beautiful pair of women, 
fantastic and really funny. It was really good. It was really good to have a proper chat with him. And we were like, listen, let's put this out again because we think a few people might have missed it. It's such a good chat. They're such good people. So we thought we'd put it out again. So coming up in a minute, it's the brilliant Flo and Joan. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. A podcast from producer paul.co.uk. We're Flo and Joan. We are sisters. One of the questions that we get asked the most is, are you really real sisters? Uh, and lots of people will say, because you don't look the same, are you sure you're real sisters? So we've written them a song. <laughs> yes. <laughs> leaking out of your headphones. Yeah, I'll turn me down. I'll turn me down. Oh. Not leaking out of mine. I've got a talkback <laughs> button, so... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it'll be all right. Yeah, sure. Yeah, sorry about that, everyone. No, that's all right. Let us know if it gets too much, and we can we can sort it out because we can edit we can edit all this. Cool. It's all no, fun. keep this in. This is good. Oh yeah, it is. It keeps it real. <laughs> we sound like two women who can't turn on a computer and have the most sensitive ears in the world, and it does make us feel quite precious. <laughs> and it's not a vibe that I want to like put into the world. It's, yeah, playing up to the stereotypes, the terrible stereotypes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. no, I just really need to protect my ears right now because we're about to go on And we're just two middle-aged men just going. I don't really know how it works. <laughs> I think the problem is you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's got to be the birds, and it's. Got Got the birds. That's always that's an engineer's favourite. It's all right leaving us. <laughs> Our end's fine. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. We're going to be fine. All right. Okay. This is fine. This is going to be fine. We, um, well, what were we talking about? So we were talking about, yeah, we were talking about the restrictions and you were talking about your tour. Oh, yeah. We were like, oh, it'll, it'll be fine. 
we got a bunch of dates and then we realised that we're doing Wales and Scotland and they've got different restrictions. So then every now and again, mm. you're like, should we check in with Wales and see where they're at? We think they're all right. And our yeah, Scotland ones right, are in May. So I feel like it's going to be all right, hopefully. But yeah, yeah. until someone says otherwise, yeah. I'm just going to, um, yeah. But it does feel like everyone's forgotten the pandemic a little yeah. bit. A little bit. And it's a bit, yeah, it worries me a little bit, but you kind of go, well, I can't, there's not much I can do about it. Yeah. But yeah, it's funny, isn't it? When, like talking about Scotland and Wales and, and Ireland, you forget, because we're part of the UK, you forget that they're actually different countries, so they have different, like you say, different rules and things. Yeah. You forget it, that they're yeah. um, slightly better at handling a pandemic than England is. I mean, <laughs> yeah. When you've got a human jelly as a prime minister. <laughs> That's, that's very nice. And <laughs> I think it's too early for Seabomb. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, how have you? How have you both found it? Have you? Because I know, speaking as a comedian myself, you kind of there was a moment where when it all went away, you were like, "Oh, is that it now?" How did you two find it? Initially, it was we were like in the middle of a tour, mm. which now feels like. It feels weird saying that given that we're literally about to start a new one and that yeah. one was two years ago now. But so we were in the middle of one and we were we were seeing each other every day and had been since like August or July or something. Like it was relentless. Mm. In a good in a fun way, but we were like, no two humans should see each other this much. Little did we know. Um no. <laughs> but, but like so when it first um happened, it felt like it came out of nowhere. I don't know if I was just like I just did, it just felt like it came out of nowhere where it mm. went from we were like one week out from going to Melbourne to do the Melbourne Comedy Festival oh, right, and got a text yeah. being like it's been cancelled because of coronavirus and we were like oh I guess it's like I guess it's a thing and so that felt that was like the first thing to fall and when mm. we all thought it was going to be like two or three weeks so we were like this is great we get like a break we don't have to see each other this is really nice and then you're like oh shit and the weather was really good as well yeah like really nice and sunny so we were like oh this is a bit of a forced holiday because no one had quite worked out the pandemic or like how how much of a normal cold it was or like what effect it was having yeah so we were like oh just sun a little bit in the garden a little bit time off because we were desperate for time off um and then you start to see like people putting their stuff online and you're like, oh shit, do we have to do that as well? Do I, I have know. to stare down the barrel of a camera and try and be funny? And then Zoom gigs started to come in and we we're like, I don't, oh, I can't do them. We couldn't do Zoom gigs for a while when Zoom was on like, it's like trial run at the beginning of uh, COVID. The sound delay was terrible. So we were playing like music. Nicola was in a different location Oh, cool. And so right. we were just trying to get the piano to come through with the singing at the same time, and it was oh. a bloody car crash. <laughs> so we had to wait yeah. for Zoom to get shit together before we could do anything. <laughs> well, it was kind of, yeah, Zoom kind of, like the pressure was on Zoom immediately, because we'd never heard of Zoom before. No. And then suddenly it was like, yeah, by the way, you've got, you, it's your, you, you've got to sort this shit out, and Zoom's like, <laughs> yeah. why, why, really, me? Yeah, 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 you've got to get yeah. your shit together yeah. right now. The world is we on were, your shoulders. Yeah, yeah, basically. We were like sending huge, like, we did like one or two videos for like different things and we're sending like huge video and sound files backwards and forwards to each other on WeTransfer thinking like, this cannot be the most efficient way to do this. But at the time, like, that's all we knew how, like, we figured it mm. out now, but like at the time we were like, okay, so download this logic file, you wipe out your computer with that, then put your vocal on it, then you send it back to me, I'll send you a vi five videos of me singing it down a camera, you edit that, then send it back. And it was just... Uh, Stupid. Not, it was dumb. It was yeah. really fucking dumb. <laughs> figured it out in the end, though. 
and then you do all that and then like you know then five people saw it at the beginning yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, just yeah. come on man <laughs> then you have the existential crisis yeah that's and then yeah, it yeah, just yeah. all builds up it's just one brick on top of the other <laughs> <laughs> but i know what you mean about the immediacy of the kind of like initially we were kind of like, oh, it's far away. This is just a news thing. It'll just pass. And I remember this because when I was, with, I was with Jade at the time and I remember she was in Newcastle or something like that. And then she just said, she was out there. She went, the gig's been pulled. Um, I, I need to get back. I'm going to just, I don't remember like, and we worked out, we're like, right, if you get the train now and get back to London, you'll get back to London at like what, half one or whatever it was. And I'll just come and get you in London. It was a real, all of a sudden it was like, oh shit, this is like a film. Yeah. Like she had it to race hard. to get the train, got the train back to London. I met her in London and yeah, it was crazy. Yeah. Yeah. With toilet rolls flying around everywhere. Toilet rolls. <laughs> toilet rolls. <laughs> toilet rolls and pasta. <laughs> it sounds like it a terrible. Quite, it was like a little bit of fun though as well. Like, well, not fun because it was also quite tragic. But at the time, like the excitement of being like, what's going to happen? Mm. Like I was with my housemates and it was my birthday, I think, on the day that they announce it all like for coffee shops and things like that to close yeah, right. which is where it really felt like oh shit is real like the coffee shops are closing um <laughs> my local deli is shutting down this yeah. oh <laughs> no take, take this seriously <laughs> um and then yeah we were sort of just like a little bit like huddled around the radio waiting for the, waiting <laughs> yeah, for the was, yeah. announcement like little evacuees <laughs> it was wasn't it every day we'd sit and we'd wait and he's having his little moment, yeah. his little Churchill moment, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah, it, was, yeah. it was almost like a slightly, a slightly fetishized version of like really hard life, like war <laughs> yeah. stuff. Well, yeah, we're all sat around. We've just got more luxuries than we could actually, than we actually yeah. need. Yeah, and we're going, oh, it's just like exactly what we say. Yeah, go on. I was going to say, still drinking coffee out of a little tin can, just yeah. to like really get yeah. in the mood for yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's just like the war in it. Then yeah. <laughs> pass Boom. me another, pass me another cream egg. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a funny old time, wasn't it? It was. And oh, well, you were talking about like being spending a lot of time together. And are you quite close to sisters? The only reason I ask that is because I've got brothers, a brother and a sister. And we're not really that close. We don't, you know, we love each other, but we're not. I barely see them. And you work together. That must be. Do you have a good relationship? We do. I think we do now. Mm. Um, we never used to be. We sort of always describe it as when we were younger, we were sort of indifferent to each other because we're just both really different people. Mm. So our lives, our paths just didn't really cross. Like we just yeah. didn't. We had our own friends and that's what that's who we like spending time with and then I think the older we got the more you realize like we still had things in common we weren't like completely separate but like you notice when you get older the things that you sort of value and the things that like we enjoy sort of doing things together that I couldn't my friends wouldn't enjoy doing Mm. so then you're like oh yeah I do I like spending time with this person and we've got a lot in common and stuff so I think that sort of built the foundations of us being like, I think we might be able to work together. Yeah. Um, we didn't quite anticipate spending as much time as we do. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, if we hated each other, it wouldn't work because comedy is not worth um, dreading going to work every day. No, not at all. <laughs> no double act where they um, hated each other survived. Like, that's why there's <laughs> no double act. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it when doesn't did, work if you don't like each other. Well, this is it. I mean, they talk about it in bands. Like, they, you know, some, I mean, I've said it myself some of the best bands had the because they had the friction going on between mm. the brothers like you know like the kinks and things like that but like you say they don't it doesn't last very long no. it's not very sustainable yeah we thought about that quite a lot because we've yeah. given we've been given so many examples of 
siblings in the entertainment industry who've ended in absolute chaos mm. <laughs> there's like t- there's a- there's an unlimited amount of examples of it happening and yeah. we're like living that at the moment in like we've been doing this for five or six years so we're in like the glory days where it's still it's fun but we're like what happens in 10 years time yeah. <laughs> that ticking <laughs> clock when i smash a tambourine over your head <laughs> we walk off the set of loose women and <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's just kicking off yeah. <laughs> separate separate tour buses and all that yeah yeah i can't wait for that that'll be your, your that you'll be all it'll be brilliant it'll be a really exciting time yeah. <laughs> for that'll us be the BBC watching it. documentary yeah, yeah that's it people yeah, yeah, say yeah. they always seemed quite Quite psychopathic in the beginning like we knew it was never going to last that they said they liked each other and we all knew it was coming we could all see it coming i can't wait i can't wait for this to because I'll, 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 I'll be whatever it is well it's not twitter but whatever it is by then that we're all that we're all addicted to i can't wait to plaster this all over it go see yeah <laughs> you break off and you call yourself joan and Flo. Is it? <laughs> oh yeah, you start arguing at which way round it goes and yeah. on, on the, on <laughs> the credits. the name? That's it. <laughs> but how, you must have been asked this a thousand times, but I'll, for the benefit of our listeners, what, who might not, you know, know, know I've not, might not have heard this before. How did it come about? Was it, did it just kind of naturally happen or was there a sort of, what, what, how did Flo and Joan come to be? It was sort of fairly naturally. We were Nicola went out to do comedy in um, Chicago and Toronto. Mm. Uh, they've got like a school there that you can go and like just try classes out and stuff. And um, I went and joined in Toronto. Well, I did a bit of Chicago as well and joined in Toronto. And then we neither of us had like I didn't have a visa. You had a, Nicola had a job at a cinema. cinema. Yeah. Like, but like two shifts a week or something. So we had a lot of free time. <laughs> so uh, we just, we just, I think we just tried a few songs. I think our friends, our friend had a gig on and he was like, do you want to just come and do something? So we were like, oh, we'll just try it. We bought a keyboard for like 40 quid or something. Of course. I think we, yeah. Brilliant. We tried to, we try, I think after we did like some rehearsing it, but we could only like fit it in late at night. Mm. So we were trying to like rehearse in our little flat, but we were in like a big apartment building. I remember this woman coming down and knocking on the door and being like, it's not fair. It's not fair on me. I'm a, I'm above I'm above you and oh, don't wow. play the keyboard at that time of night. And we were like, oh, fuck, how are we going to do this? Um, but yeah, we did a few songs at the gig and then we kept two of them. We did mm-hmm. a sketch which was absolutely terrible. Yeah. <laughs> so our sketch, uh, I think we were kidding ourselves to think that we could even try sketch. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it's nice to say that you tried it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> can go on the old CV at the bottom under special skills in the same way that I can technically speak French on my CV. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then we did um, we did a thing that made it into a special this the special we did in 2019. One of those the first thing we ever did made it into that special. And then a song we did in our first show. Yeah, and it just went from there. We just sort of like just carried on doing it until someone until people stopped booking us on shows. We just thought, oh, we'll just carry on doing it. Mm. Um but yeah, and now here we are. V Rich Wilson. Absolutely. That's not bad, <laughs> is it? So it's, it's my birthday tomorrow. Well, this is will be, it? Yeah. A, yeah, so this is like especially and you're the first people we've spoken to in twenty twenty two. So oh, there you go. Yeah. Shit. So, I'm sorry that we're the first people. No. Nah. <laughs> well, we were supposed to have done this ages ago. It's just it's just I don't know why we haven't, but here we are. Um but it is it's great to see your success. You know, it, it I've said this before. In comedy, even when I started in 2004, it was still a bit of a boys' club, and it did take a lot—it uh, took a lot for a woman to kind of push through all that. 
and get and get where they were. Because again, there weren't as many women doing it, but it still took a lot for them to push through. So it's good to see. It's good to see that things are changing now. Are you feel? Do you feel it's different now? It's not. I mean, you probably don't remember. You don't remember what it was like back then, but. <laughs> How is it? How is it like? What is it like now for women in this industry? Is it? Is it? Are there still issues, or have we figured it out? Do you know? What I have just because it's on the brain. Cause mm. We're we're writing the, this new show at the moment, and we've got like we talk about women and quite. Um, we just talk about we talk about our own experiences, and we're women. Mm. And I came away from the show the other day, and I was like, I think we talk about women too much. I think we talk about being a woman too much. And then I had to come, and there's a. We had a song, and I was like, come, and we say something about. Uh, it's the final song. We say someone's a magical woman. We're talking about a witch, and we call her a magical woman. And I was like, can we just take out the word woman because, I just felt like we've just ratted on about women so much, and just that maybe just saying woman at the end is just one step too far for everyone. But then I was also like, it's a got your comedy has to be about your own experience, and I'm a woman, mm. and I'm still coming away thinking, oh, my chat about being a woman too much. So like, I guess that's like. Uh, I don't know, it's probably still there in your mind that you're thinking, oh, I can't go on stage and talk about my life too much because people, people won't like, like the women's stuff. Yeah. But yeah. so I guess that pressure's still there. <clears throat> and we do, have, I do have the pressure every single time of being like, if we do bad at this gig tonight, the other women on this gig might also have a terrible time because we've proved to people that women are still shit. Yeah. <laughs> that musical comedy is terrible and women suck. It's like, <laughs> yeah. if we bomb a gig. We have two stones on the shoulders. One is musical, not not making musical comedy shit and the other one's not making women shit. Yeah, so yeah, still yeah, feel yeah, that yeah. pressure, but also like we've been doing it for a while and we, we obviously you eat shit every now and again, but yeah, of course. I guess like you're just proving yourself each time that we're not coming away too, um, too what's the word? Not coming away for the gigs to scarred. Too scarred. Mm. Yeah, so you've got to be yeah. doing. You know, you've got to be doing something right. And I think audiences get to see a lot more women and have access to a lot more women doing yeah. stuff. So they get used to that little annoying woman's voice in their head. It <laughs> <laughs> sounds like their mum. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There was a bit of that. I know. When, yeah. If I get called Richard, I shudder. <laughs> Richard yeah Richard I'm, oh god now what have I done the, uh, the, the name Richard always reminds me did you ever watch Keeping Up Appearances yes when she's yeah, going yeah, Richard yeah. I know I can't watch it I get I got PTSD from that <laughs> <laughs> but it's good though things are, I mean I, I, I you know because I, I can't I can't speak from you know your experiences but I it, it does seem like things are changing for the better in this industry and it's and it's good to see you know because i you know even back in 2004 when i started or even I, you know when i worked up the creek in various places it and then no disrespect today well it's just how it was you know you could, they would go in oh you know there's only you couldn't have more than one woman on the bill because they it would confuse the audiences yeah. you're like what are you talking about yeah there are definitely that's... people that now book us and think there's two women on the bill and you're like it doesn't count it's one act yeah, yeah, yeah it's like, one act no 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 yeah let's try it, that yeah. one <laughs> yeah we see what you're doing you're talking yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah you do see, still see it a lot mm. like yeah. it's still it's still a lot but I don't know. The only the only way that we can change it and have an effect is just to make sure that we come and smash it and then yeah. um hopefully they also not smash it because if men are allowed to eat shit. Yeah, true, yeah. Bad, oh yeah, we eat shit all the time. Yeah, we all shit eat shit all the time. But yeah, I know it's funny what you said. It's I don't come away going, Oh my god, I've ruined it for all men. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> like, I'm like, I've fucked it and I look like a dick. Yeah. Right? yeah. 
But yeah, I don't go, oh no, I better ring up all the men and go, oh, sorry, lads. <laughs> yeah, get on the old WhatsApp group. Oh, guys. <laughs> you know what we need? We need an all-male lineup just to just to make up for this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But it's, I mean, but I, again, you know, like you're, you know, you, you're back out on tour now. You've got the, the Bloomsbury Theatre that you're, that is, you know, you're selling out, which is incredible. That must be, you must feel relieved after everything that's gone on over the last couple of years. You must feel incredible now to think, yeah, you know, think it's, it's all back. A thing that everyone, I don't know, I can't speak for you, Rosie, but you always worry as well, like where um, we kind of, a lot of people put all of their stuff online and we kind of put dribs and drabs and you mm. worry that, there's so many amazing people that we've all been able to discover like over lockdown online that you do. I had like, I definitely had the worry of like, what if people just like forget us? Cause like, what if they like, they just sort of run out and like we get taken over or whatever. So like you put a tour on sale and you're like, I don't even know if anyone's going to come to this. Mm. So it is like, not in like, a, Oh, I hope someone can't like genuinely <laughs> you're like, fuck knows if anyone's turning up to this anymore. Like we've all found so many other things that like we could be old news, like who knows? So it is nice to like, to know that we're not turning up to any venue with zero people. I can yeah. confirm that. There are at least <laughs> double tickets, like double digit tickets sold in every venue. Just Amazing. about. Amazing. Some of them are double digits in like a triple digit place, but like, like <laughs> more percentages in a lot of places. But at least it is nice to know like, okay, people like, and not just for us, like for everyone, like mm. touring and, and gigging and everything. Like, it's just nice to turn up to gigs and be like, oh, there are people here. Like, people want to laugh and they want to, like, be entertained because we've all just missed it. And, like, they want to yeah. do it in person as well when there's so much stuff that you can just stay at home and watch. Yeah. It's so nice that people are like, no, I want to go and see this person live. It's, like, a really nice and, like, exciting as well. Like, I don't know if you found the same, but, like, audiences just feel like so excited to be back into in rooms and stuff that yeah. you worry that you material shit and people are just like i'll take anything right now actually <laughs> and then in a year's time they'll be like that song is shit and you're like you were laughing at it like last year and they're like yeah but we didn't have anything last yeah. year you're like oh, be oh, gas, no. gaslit by our audiences in the year yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> but then the fear the fear never leaves the fear never leaves you even though like anytime like an extra date might be added or something that fear never goes away of like, what if we don't sell this one? It's it. You're like constantly driven by the fear that never goes away. You forget that you sold out the first show and you're only thinking, mm. oh, Jesus Christ, this next show is going to be hard to sell. So yeah, you, you, you should be able to like be driven off, um, like being like, oh yeah, we sold out a show, but no, that leaves <laughs> yeah. you really fast. And then you're like, oh, Come on, come on, Susan, buy that ticket. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's, I think that's what because human beings do sort of err on the side of negativity. It goes back to our old survival instincts. Yeah, and I think, but I think that it's good. I personally, I think it's good to fear have that have that fear rather than be sort of I don't know be sort of smug and ah, it would be fine. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think, yeah. like you say, you would it would stop your drive maybe. Yeah, totally. And you'd you'd just be a dickhead. You wouldn't be a very nice person to be around, I don't think. Mm. Yes, we've all met those people. (laughs) (laughs) But you know, but when you were so when you had the lockdown and we were we were locked away. So you weren't living. You don't live together just because your sisters. I don't know why anyone would assume that. 
We don't share a bed. We don't live no, together. Like, like Morgan Wise. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to be, we're like the grandparents and Charlie in the Chocolate Factory where we sleep, at, <laughs> we sleep at one end of a bed and then we just have a rotating cast of people join us in the other end of the bed every night. <laughs> <laughs> I've always found that fascinating that they slept in like the same bed at either end, like top and tail. Yeah. And I don't got... like being near people's feet. I'd well, this, like, be... It must have stunk. No. Yeah. Especially with all that fucking cabbage soup they eat. That's all they ate. Cabbage Mate. soup and four old people in a bed. No. <laughs> I mean, no. that's the that's the ultimate Dutch oven, isn't it? That, <laughs> hot. That's really hot in places and really cold in other patches in the yeah. bed. And you can never figure out why. Strangely cold. Cold, we're not sure if it's cold or wet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because old people leak. That'd be horrible. Yeah. They do. They oh, flake man. and they leak. <laughs> well, this is, so, that's, so that's your future, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Can't wait for that tour. are going to tour in a big old bed. Get wheeled around the country in a bed. That would be Just amazing. Just go down the M25. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just about. Like Supergrass in that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but, you, but you still enjoy working together and you managed to, like you say, you managed to work it out. When we were in lockdown, you still managed to work out working together and, and doing stuff. Yeah. Well, we didn't, the good thing is we weren't, we couldn't do, we couldn't do that much music. Like we weren't gig, we hadn't, we didn't have to write a lot of new material to go out and gig. So we didn't have to mm. be in a room together to learn the music. Yeah. We were doing a lot of writing and just like little passion projects that we always put off from doing that we were like, now's the chance to do them. If we don't do them now, we'll never do them. So a lot of it was just like writing and stuff like that, which it was like just for our own, for our own brains, it was a nice break to just not have to be in a room writing mm. a song before you go to the Bill Murray in half an hour to try it out in front of people. Like having that pressure taken off you yeah. was nice. So it didn't. It was it was good to be in separate locations. Yeah, that's cool. Where did you guys grow up? Portsmouth, mate. Did you? Portsmouth, yeah. Pompey. Mate, Pompey. It's yeah. <laughs> good. Yeah, yeah. was there? How was that? I mean, I know kind of. I know of it a bit, but not. I suppose it's like any sort of small town, isn't it? It's quite a big town, actually. Is it? Richard. City. Yeah, it's actually <laughs> a city. Thank you. Richard? Yeah, there it is. <laughs> it I'm is so sorry. Really yeah, I think it's like one of the most densely populated cities in the country. Is it? I think so, yeah. There's me, guys, like a village. <laughs> <laughs> a little hamlet you live in. Yeah. What was it like on that lane, that one? Yeah. <laughs> so it's a big place then. I didn't really know that. I don't know. I, there you go. I don't know much about Portsmouth. I know I know you've got a rivalry with uh, is it Southampton. Yeah. 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 But then, you know. Yeah. It's a big football town, city, big football city. Big naval city as well. Mm. They love their navy. They love the navy. But it's nice Mary Rose. Oh, yeah. The, the the ship. And the oh, of course, yeah, that's it. Yeah, I remember it being taken there on a school trip. Yeah, yeah, that, bits of that old wet boat that they just put in a big warehouse and spray <laughs> down so it doesn't fall to pieces. <laughs> bits of that old wet boat. Uh. <laughs> they just was it. It was just like shards of it that they've sort of found and sort of tried to put back together. And they just yeah, they just keep it in a big room and spray it so it doesn't sort of fall. Anyway, <laughs> I know nothing the... about the Mary Rose. No. I know absolutely nothing. I don't think I ever went. You must. Have I always thought the Mary Rose was that boat right next to the ferry. At no, port. I think that's the. Is that the Trafalgar? Is it Trafalgar? I've no idea. Either the I, Victory I or the Warrior. God, we're shit at this, aren't we? Oh. Shit the at one boats. with the orange, the orange spits on it. 
I always thought that was Mary Rose. <laughs> the orange bits. Oh, God. <laughs> I always thought that, that ferry that went from Portsmouth to Isle of Wight, I always thought that was the Mary Rose. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's busy, isn't it, still. Yeah. <laughs> A little hovercraft. That's the <laughs> I remember that. I remember that when I was a kid, the hovercrafts. Yeah. yeah. Bloody hell. That's going back. So, it was, was... so what was it like? Go on, sorry. Go on. No, 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 I was literally going to say the most boring thing, which is that I've never been on a hovercraft. Done, move on. <laughs> <laughs> no, I never went on one. I just remember them for some reason. I just remember them being around and uh, and then just suddenly they around. weren't. They just, yeah, just hanging around. That's <laughs> why right. right, them hovercrafts I've heard all about, snooping around. <laughs> See on the about. Yeah, that's it, yeah. <laughs> In a bed behind it. I... <laughs> oh, here we go. Yes, here we are. Uh, we've got the so we've got the uh, he just put, producer Paul just put a thing up on the screen. Uh, Portsmouth Spinnaker Tower, yeah, and Spinnaker Lipstick Tower. Tower at sunrise. Lipstick Tower. Oh. What's that? Yeah, see what he's. Oh, here we go. He's putting up yeah, the pictures yeah. now. There's a spinnaker. I know that. Yeah. I remember when they put it up and everyone was like, where everyone's like, it's going to be this really big tower, like the Eiffel Tower, and it went up, and I was like. I could throw a rock and it would hit the top of that tower. <laughs> it's not that. It's not that great. I would. No offense, Portsmouth, but I've seen bigger towers. All right, mate. You're all busy. <laughs> wow. <laughs> but that's it. So, what was it like? I mean, you say it was a big naval town, a big city. Sorry. And what was it like growing up in a place like that? I really liked it. It mm. was yeah. like I think you don't realise until you like leave it. Yeah. That it's actually like. I mean, you don't you don't appreciate anything as a kid, whatever it is. So no. we didn't sort of pay much. As a kid, I wouldn't have paid too much attention to being in Portsmouth. Yeah. But like now it's, uh, we don't go, we don't get to go home like loads or whatever, but we always like, we miss like seeing the sea and being able to walk along like South Sea Beach and stuff. And all of our, like most of our mum's um, family live down there. So that's like a big thing when we were kids was like, there was always someone around the corner to like, there was always, like there was just we were always at families for like other um, members of our family for like dinner or seeing cousins and stuff at the weekend, which was like really really nice and like mm. we're really close with our um, sort of that kind of side of our family and stuff. Yeah. Sorry, I feel yeah. like I'm babbling. But, <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, no, like, not at all. Yeah, the big that was for me is like the kind of big takeaway of Portsmouth was like, ah, uh, just our family, like going getting the bus down and going to your nan's house. And delving into the biscuit tin and then getting the bus back again and stuff like <laughs> Nan's always had the best biscuits. Always had the biscuits. Oh, they always just tasted she always got the cheapest biscuits as well, but they always tasted the best. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. They, the Nan's custard creams always taste better. Oh yeah. something about them. Weirdly. She always used to she used to cook us sausage and pasta. And she'd always buy the econ you know, like the nine P economy Sainsbury sausages. Yeah. And I could, I you could have given me a ten pound luxury pack of sausages, and I'd always take Nan's sausages over that. It's because she loved them. In, she had a bowl of dripping in the fridge, so she cooked them uh, in dripping. Yeah. So they were absolutely filthy, but they tasted incredible. <laughs> the best, and all the like sausage juice would just like drip over the pack. We'd have plain pasta, and it would just like drip nicely. Oh over wow! The pasta. Oh, it was delicious. It sounds. I'm dribbling now. Just I know. <laughs> it's so very, such is, an exotic life in Portsmouth. Well, I remember uh, <laughs> it's very similar to. I mean, I suppose all these all these places are when I where I grew up. I remember going, going to my nan's and I, I and like we'd go there for Sunday roast, and I'd say like, oh, "Can we have flat meat?" Which I didn't know it was beef. <laughs> but, and even to this, <laughs> even to this day, my mum still says, "Do you want some flat meat?" I went, all right, <laughs> oh, I love that. <laughs> what well, would you would you ever have like pork? 
Was that flat meat to you as well? Or was it just beef? We just had beef all the time. It was beef yeah. or chicken. But yeah, yeah. Might, we, I never we never never really had pork when I was growing up. Actually, I, did, never did, I don't think no, we did either. No. Beef or chicken. Yeah, I didn't have mayonnaise until I was twenty-two. So probably the same, you know. Actually, maybe like eighteen. Yeah, it was like a later on thing. We had salad cream up until then. I mm. fucking love salad cream. It's like <laughs> genuinely one of my favourite condiments. Really? Ham and salad cream sandwich is like one of my favourite things Actually, in the world. Yeah, yeah, now you're talking. I love it. <laughs> Do you like a hot chip and a salad cream? It's like a cheesy hot chip and a salad cream is nice. Oh, I've never like had a that. sour with a salty. <laughs> See, it's things like that. This is, because this, like I say, this is sort of a. Like mental health is the jumping off point for this for this podcast, but it goes sort of everywhere. And I think like sometimes people say, like, oh, you didn't talk about mental health once. You go, listen to what we're talking about. Listen to yeah. the fact that we're going, yeah, you dip a cheesy chip in a bit of salad cream. <laughs> that sorts you nogging out for a little while, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, it does. Makes yeah. you feel good. Yeah. And that's <laughs> the thing. Through... You know, so... Go on. No, go on. Uh, again, this is another very boring thing to interrupt you with. <laughs> <laughs> when we're, like, having a bad time, we'll go to the shop and get... Um, French bread, ham, butter, chipsticks, and have a crispy sandwich. <laughs> that sounds amazing. It's like the it's like the lunch that we always eat when we're like, oh, I need to feel good today. Yeah, let's get a, let's get a crisp sandwich down the hole. <laughs> I'll text and be like, do you want me to pick anything up for lunch? And if it's a day where we're like really in it and it's going well, it's like yeah, pick up like some soup and a roll or something. And if we're like, it's going to be a long day, it's going to be stressful. It's like get a baguette and some chipsticks and let's go. Oh, like, that's what today is. So is that your sight? Is that your signal to each other? Like, yeah. Here, we, here yeah. we go. Nicola, get the yeah. chipsticks in the bag. <laughs> oh no, it's going to be one of those oh, days. No. <laughs> I had like four tubs of soup, and I'm like, okay, they're going. We're doing a chipstick day. That's what it is. <laughs> I tell you what, I do. There is comfort from soup. I get. Oh, I, 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 I remember back in the summer, I was with my, my I was, I was at the di- a dining table. My flatmate was on the on the sofa. And it was a really hot day, and he just he goes, he goes, "What are you eating?" I mean, I've got a bowl of soup and a and a cheese sandwich, <sighs> and he and yeah, and he's going, he goes, "You're mental." <laughs> I was like, oh, just it just gives me comfort. Yes, yeah. you know, oh. it's, sometimes I, I love I love you know fine dining and lovely food, and but sometimes I just want a soup and a sandwich. Yeah, oh, it's the best, just, isn't it? You can't really fuck up soup and a sandwich either. No. It's quite different. Actually, you know what? I made soup once and it was truly the... I tried... It was supposed to be like an Indian wedding soup and it had like all of these spices and like... It was when we were living in Toronto and I spent like... I don't like cooking for this exact reason. I spent the whole day like measuring it, doing everything that the recipe said. And when I (laughs) ate it, it had pearl barley in it. And I don't know what the fuck I did to it, but it was just like... It tasted like porridge and you could not taste a spice in it. It was the filthiest thing I've ever... It was fucking gross. And and Rosie came home and was like, I was like, try this. And she was like, I think I can fix it. And she poured in a bag of cloves. (laughs) Oh, my God. So not only was it... It tasted disgusting anyway. <laughs> then it tasted of cloves. And then in every mouthful, you got like three cloves. What and it needed uh, was like maybe one or two cloves to just like sit in there and just like simmer for probably like a couple more hours. I probably handful. put in like 10 to handful. 13 cloves, I think. Wow. Yeah. You know, and it like coated your mouth. <laughs> it was fucking rank. It <laughs> went down the toilet. toilet. <laughs> <laughs> we Even the toilet went. 
Yeah, it yeah. sat in the fridge for a couple of days as we were both like, we can't put this in the, we can't put it in the, get it in the toilet right now. I don't want to look at it anymore. So yeah, yeah. I retract my statement of you can't mess up soup. I messed up soup and it really upset me. And well, it's really, I don't like cooking. I think making your own soup is, that can be tricky. And that's, yeah, I think yeah. if you put a ton of cloves in, I mean, that's handy if you've got toothache, maybe. Yeah, that yeah. sorted you out. But I remember when I was a, I was a commie chef at the Independent and yeah, yeah for, only for a few months. And I remember, and what we used to do was take the leftovers and that would go into the soup for the next day. And mm. so I remember we had, there was one day they had red cabbage and nobody told me, don't put the red cabbage in. And I just carried on what I normally do, just ca- getting all the leftovers, whacking it in the blender and making all this soup. And then, uh, and, they, and it just came out gray. It was like, it was like, <laughs> like prison, prison slop. <laughs> and you're like the you know, the big wigs from from the independent are coming down. And they're like, yeah, they're not they're not getting that. <laughs> oh. so, yeah, well did you done. keep Did you keep the job? I left in the end. I just stopped going. I just stopped going. Just went. Oh, this isn't for me. I'm making grey soup. <laughs> this is not for me. <laughs> were you like Were you like trained in like chefery before you went there, or was it a place where you learned everything on the job? Just learnt on the job. I'd done a bit when I was at school. I, I did my placement, um, my uh, work experience at BP in their okay. kitchen. So I was going to be a chef and then someone said, oh, yeah, but it's unsociable hours. <laughs> <laughs> so I became a comedian instead because that's there sociable, isn't it? Yeah. So. <laughs> Wait, BP as in the petrol company? Yeah, yeah. They got their head offices were in Morgan. Oh, right. And did you get to, like, cook stuff from scratch or did you have to cook? Like, did you get to be like, oh, today I want to make lasagna or did you have to follow, like... Oh, each day they had a, there was a menu that you had to, you had to follow. Yeah. Um, I made sandwiches for Janet Street Porter. <laughs> she worked there, so that was fun. Janet yeah. Street Porter worked at BP? No, no, that's just later on at the Independent when she was oh, at the Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, BP. That's a, yeah, that's a scoop for you. Oil magnate, Janet <laughs> yeah. Street Porter. <laughs> yeah, that's it now. Oh, God. If someone listens to this, it's going to go everywhere. Oh, God. Um, you, you, you mentioned being in Toronto. How did you? What took you to Toronto? They had a, um, there's a comedy school called The Second City, right. um, which is where like Bill Murray and Tina Fey and people like that all kind of started. Okay. And they had one in Chicago um, and then they had another one in Toronto. The Toronto one had like Gilda Radner and Martin Shaw wow. people all kind of started there. Um, and I, I just got really into comedy when I was at uni um, and I didn't really like my degree very much. And all these sort of comedians that I liked all happened to go to the school and I was like, oh, I'll just go there. Cause I like had never done any comedy, but you could kind of learn like improv and stand up and sketch mm. and all this kind of stuff. Um, and I didn't really know what I wanted to do after uni. So I was like, well, I'll go there and I'll do that. And at best or at worst, it will be like a fun, like kind of, I hate the word gap here cause it makes me sound like I'm going around Southeast Asia, but like, it'll be like a fun thing to do after uni Mm. um so I did three months in Chicago and then my visa ran out and then I went to Toronto because you could get like a two-year working holiday visa if you were like under 30 or something yeah, right. and so yeah I was just like I'll just go there and try it and yeah if it's fun then great and if not it was something something interesting to do before I get into the world of work so yeah that was it it's brilliant I mean what a place to go like you say that the people that have that have been there like that comedy greats yeah, and it's it's something that kind of other people do. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So to have actually been to have gone there yourself, you you must be going. Oh yeah, this is what we're doing. This is this is amazing. <laughs> well, they, anyone can do it. That that uh, yeah. Like, yeah. anyone can go take the course. Like you don't have to audition or anything. Which is kind of like 
I think that's what attracted, well, what attracted Nicola to it probably and what attracted me is that you just got to try stuff out and you didn't have to be in front of an audience. You just, you could just like sit in a class and be like, am, am I good at improv in, uh, without yeah, having yeah. to do it in front of an audience? So we're like quite shy really. So I didn't, I couldn't, I couldn't imagine going out and doing stand up for the first time in front of an audience and for doing it for the first, I couldn't imagine mm. that. But if you do it in a class, then you've got like the safety of, like, but the only people who see this are, are the same people as me yeah. and a teacher. And, and then when it. you're ready, you get to like, when you're like, okay, I think I can do it. Then you get to go out and put it in front of an audience, which I guess is like the, you said shy, the kind of wimpy way of, the, not wimpy, that's the wrong word. But it's like, they're like a little bit wimpy of like, you. a lot of people just jump straight in it and that's how you should do it. I was like, I'm going to find out if I'm funny in a very controlled and safe environment <laughs> in amongst people who are like teachers and business people who are like, I've been sent here because I have to give a presentation and I can't talk to people. It was like really cool to have like, those classes are just like a real mixed bag of people who were there for like, yeah, just all different reasons of like, there were parents who were like, I just want an hour away from my kids where I can like play. Right, yeah. And then other people who were like, I want to be on Saturday Night Live. Like it was a real like... <laughs> spectrum of people there for different reasons and so yeah it just makes it like a really safe place to try something and figure out like I went thinking like I might be good at this but I don't know and nothing's told me that I might be my friends just find me funny and I think I know how to write a joke but like I got there and I did not know how to write a joke (laughs) I learned how to write a joke or like I learned a way to write a joke they give you the foundations and then you can go I'll take that I'll take that I don't want that that doesn't matter to me like it felt for me it worked as a way of like dipping your toe in and being like I wasn't an idiot I think I'm funny and now I've got like some tools to send me into the world and kind of try this thing failed at a lot of it but (laughs) the musical comedy stuff stuck so (laughs) got something from it (laughs) I think that's it isn't it it's it's you know if you're already you know you're already funny then you know you're gonna yeah it's good to for people like you say to give you the tools to kind of get it out of you a bit more like in, in a way but you're you're always going to find your own version of it i think yeah you know and i think that's what stands out with you guys is that yeah there's been double acts before there's been yeah there's been musical comedy before but i don't know there's just you there's just something there's just something different about what you do which i there's a there's a real i don't know there's a darkness to some of it <laughs> yeah, and then it really makes me laugh because it's you know Flo and Joan and you know you, you, it, it, but there's if you're really, you know, listening to it, like I say there's a bit of a there is a dark side to it which oh, yeah. I love. <laughs> yeah, we don't, we did, we also we were doing a preview yesterday for the show and um, we came away at the end and we were like oh no we've talked about someone we've talked about death four or five times in the show not on purpose <laughs> like just in like in different songs someone dies or someone blows their brains out or so like all these yeah. things that were like you subconsciously you don't realize you're doing it and then when you're like in front of an audience the fifth time you say something about death you're like oh, the audience didn't laugh at that and the reason why is because we've done this five million times already <laughs> <laughs> yeah they go oh another song about death oh, when it starts i wonder where <laughs> yeah. this one's going yeah it goes some therapy <laughs> yeah. I mean that's it I mean is that a, is that a thing is that a, do you think about death a lot or you just like I think it's quite it's quite subversive when you've got with what you're doing and the way you sound as well you sound quite upbeat and you know like oh this is, this is we're doing a thing but like I say the themes are always pretty dark yeah. and so it's it's nice to have that 
one of a that juxtaposition. Yeah, <laughs> between the two is quite is quite a nice thing. Is that is like is that is death a theme for you? I guess it does like rear its head a lot. Even from like thinking about like really early stuff, it was always a thing that we sort of gravitated towards. And I think because it's like you don't, I don't, you do sort of see it in mainstream stuff, but like you, I guess like you write the stuff that I, I don't know. I'm trying to make this make sense, and maybe it doesn't, but like. We just always have, and I guess it's just a thing that we've always gravitated towards, and also a thing that we really enjoy, of writing really upbeat, twee-sounding songs, and we look quite twee, and we look like we kind of sound quite twee, and so then to sing like a sing dark songs to people is like it always felt like a um, a thing that we did well, and the audience responded, audiences responded well to that. I think we grew up always like reading Roald Dahl and all of those kind of things, and I think we just sort of grew up with this dark sense of humour, and we always gravitated towards like weirder stuff, like we like Grimm's Tales and like weird mm. fairy tales and things like that. I think a lot like of the, the Adams Family and shit, like yeah, those right. kind of like weird yeah. dark movies, were always we, loved we just yeah. always watched them. Yeah, we watched Beetlejuice probably a bit too early. <laughs> um, we've watched Sleepy Hollow a little bit too early I think oh, I um... love that I love that I want to live in Sleepy Hollow <laughs> I love that we can make that happen for you yeah let's do it <laughs> <laughs> so yeah I think we all just gravitated towards it and I always just like like I think in general like life has got so many dark turns so it doesn't if you're going to do if you're going to write songs about life then you can't really make everything butterflies and rainbows I, I enjoy the mishaps and the darkness of life yeah. we, like, we gravitate towards it quite naturally yeah yeah and i think owing to the nature of what we do i think people would be sick if they came to a show of ours and it was all sort of like fun upbeat songs about um not what like people walking too fast like if there wasn't any darkness to it i think it would be like a real sickly sweet uh, show so it allows us to like write really nice funny silly stuff and then also to be like but also here's a song about uh murder or whatever i don't know That's yeah a bad example but like it's a fun world for us to play in i think i think it's great i mean i'm the same as you I, i'm i i find that side of things fascinating yeah the, like the, the darker fairy tales when i was growing up and like rumpelstiltskin is a creepy story yeah <laughs> and it's it's only till later on you go that's creepy as fuck yeah the, it, 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 but i love all that that and yeah. like you say sleepy hollow and beetlejuice and yeah and I like that. Like you say, you've got your, you've got your kind of, you know, twee and proper songs like, oh, we're doing a thing. And then it's like, hang on a minute. They've just, <laughs> this is this is really taking a turn. <laughs> and I love that. And I think people do love that. You know, people love gallows humour. They love darkness. Yeah. You know, they yeah. love, you know, and I think, you know, you've really got that. It's a really nice mixed mix that you've, that you've conjured up, which is lovely. That's good. Yeah. You have to, it's, a fi- it's a very fine line. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we don't get yeah gratuitous, gratuitous if it gets yeah. a bit like it's a bit contrived or a bit. Cause it sounds like it just sounds like that because like you've just said, it's it's just naturally where you go. You're not trying to be dark or controversial or anything like that. It just it just happens. It's just yeah. life. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I like that. I think it's and we great. Was, we write. I think in like we write a lot of story songs mm. and often like in a song you have to sort of be like the stakes have to be high if you're going to make a song about it it's got there's it, got to be drama or something's got to happen and often and often the biggest stakes the, the biggest drama is that someone dies or something happens something tragic happens to someone 
So uh, we ha- <laughs> when we're writing the story songs, we're, we're now having to find ways that don't involve someone dying. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> How do we raise the stakes in different ways? <laughs> yeah, I don't know what you do. What's the old... What is the, yeah, I don't know. Dead hovercrafts, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Don't know. Float away on a hovercraft. Again. <laughs> but do you find, like, personally, do you are you quite upbeat people really or do you find there's the darkness creeping now and again that i mean i don't even know that's quite a question for this time <laughs> in the morning i don't I think, think it's a bad question no i'm not like a particularly i can actually i think this is going to sound really disgusting and gross but i think your rosie is typically more a lot more positive and i'm a lot more negative but also mm. we're quite good at if one of us is like leaning too far the other way, the other one balances it out only purely from a business point of view of like, it's not productive for both of us to be like, we're shit. That sucked. This is Mm. horrible. No one's ever going to book us again. Like that's not a way to live. And also if you're like, this is amazing and there's no problems, like then you have a shit show. So like, it's always, it's useful to have someone who's like, yeah, it was good, but also here are five problems that were also with it that we need to fix. Or we're not always shit. Yes, that was quite bad, but it's definitely not as bad as you thought it was, which mm. it does sound disgusting. It makes us sound like we hold hands and walk down the road together. But like, <laughs> it's, it's like a thing that we found is like useful and works for us, I would say. I don't know if you'd agree. Yeah, I think those feelings creep in the most. Actually, no, I don't think those feelings ever go. I was going to say they creep in the most near the beginning because then you're probably like, why am I doing this? And you eat shit a lot more at the beginning because you haven't learned how to not eat shit yet. Mm. Well, you never lose that feeling. But um, uh, I I I always try and remember now, knowing what I know now, I always try and remember when your brain dips it, when you're like three in the morning and your brain's gone into that oh no we're Mm. terrible everything we do is like naff and all of those horrible things I always try and like remember I had that feeling a month ago and I also between now and that month I also had some good feelings as well so I I try and think of it in like a logical way of being like it's a natural thing to think like this and the good things will come so like I try and not ignore that feeling of oh you're garbage because if you ignore it again like you could um become too positive and that's also quite dangerous oh god yeah <laughs> so i just try and like try and yeah, keep the balance of it all the time just remember yeah. the good bits will come and so yeah. all the bad so you're able to talk to each other about these things yeah and because because sometimes I th- you could be like, like oh, i thought this was shit and this is why and the other one will go no no, no it's fine i didn't see any of that i don't know what you're on about it, it, you kind of listen to each other take it on board yeah, or yeah. at least if you say it and you don't listen in the moment, you know that it's been said and it will kind of fester somewhere. Because, mm. like, it's very easy to be like, it wasn't shit and it doesn't matter. And you're like, I, you can tell me what you want right now and I'm going to think what I'm going to think. Like, yeah. there are, we definitely have had, even with other people where, um, especially in, like, writing shows and putting shows together where we know, like, we know us, we know ourselves really well and we kind of, I think we're quite, realistic people and are quite self-aware of what we do and how it sort of goes um so when we've had a bad show and we know it's a bad show and someone's like it was really good and da 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 you're like you can say what you want right now 
I, th- I know that you're trying to make me feel better. It's not helpful. And I think we can be a little bit like that, where it's like, it wasn't that bad. It's going to be okay. Where it's like, you can say what you want, but my brain is thinking this right now and you're mm. not going to convince me otherwise. Mm. But then like half an hour, an hour, a day, a week down the line, you're like, I know they were being logical and I know that makes sense and they were definitely right. But in the moment, I'm like, I am right. Do not tell me anything else. You're wasting your breath. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think we're yeah definitely good at trying to pull the other one out or like if you fuck something up it's like oh i'm really sorry i fucked that it's like yeah it's fine well i fucked this thing up or like Mm. yeah you did mess that up but we'll do it we've got another gig tomorrow so it'll be fine yeah yeah Um, it's hard like i don't know if you like experience it but the people like if you're doing an edinburgh show or whatever a new show the people around you are wanting to be positive like they're your they're your people around you who are make trying to make you feel good and want to say nice things or like friends and family they're not if they see you do a bad show they're not going to say your show is bad they're going to try and like boost you up because that's their job is to make you feel good but we that we don't respond very well to that we i need the truth off of you if if, yeah. if my friends came to the show i need them to tell me how it actually felt in the room i don't need them to be like let me buy you a drink what a great show i just want them I'd rather you didn't say anything. <laughs> just, yeah. If you didn't enjoy the show, don't say anything. Let's just go for a drink and never talk about it again. <laughs> but when you've got people around you or like you like your agency or whatever, they, their job is to like make you feel good and like keep you going and keep you positive. But I, sometimes I'm like, just tell me the bloody truth. Just tell yeah. me what doesn't work in this show. Don't tell me what does work. Tell me what doesn't work. Yeah. And then we'll get better. Yeah. Yeah. Did you find it? Because I've, I've done, I was, I did, I've done a double act briefly or I've been on stage with other people and it's very, you have to remember the other person's there. Otherwise, because you're both, you've both got your own thing. I mean, you're, you're sisters, but you've got your own thing, your own way of doing stuff. Yeah. Did you find it easy to kind of work together on stage or did it take a, a while to kind of gel? I think we're sort of like, it sounds silly to say we're getting there now. I think mm. it's, we sort of had stronger kind of I don't want to use the word persona because it makes it sound fake and like ultimately we are just being like ever so slightly exaggerated versions of ourselves on a stage or certainly have been for a long time um of being like very dry and your Rosie's like a little bit more positive and I'm very like deadpan and we always used we always get described as being deadpan and I think we still are um but definitely over time we've learned and like we sort of like gun out these songs at a million miles an hour and sort of we didn't uh, I don't think we got to play very much which part of the thing that we like the most is like the reason why we work together is because we make each other laugh and we like working with each other I don't want to speak for you Rosie but I think that's the truth I've never found anything she's <laughs> miserable um, but like, the reason we do it and the reason it works is because we like it and we haven't allowed ourselves to be able to kind of play in that and the things that more than like songs and stuff people come away from shows often being like i really like when you just like interact with each other which we just Mm. didn't do for ages because we didn't know how to be uh us like the we didn't know how to be like flo and joan but ourselves but sisters but like not our whole selves because that's not for everyone and it was like trying to navigate what that is was like we just hadn't figured it out and then i think we're sort of getting closer where we're just like people like watching us talk to each other like human beings i think people are fucking fascinated by siblings performing together like they're just no one everyone's like i don't get it or like it's weird that you're because everyone knows what a sibling is and a lot of people have siblings and so when you can't imagine yourself performing with another with your sibling i think people do find it like weirdly fascinating to watch it 
And I think now we're allowing ourselves to be more of that than we have been before. Mm. We'll f- soon find out if people actually like it or not. But <laughs> we hardly ever used to talk in in the first shows that we were doing. We just we didn't even hardly look at each other. We were just like, we just sang the songs deadpan out to the front really? of the audience, and that was kind of mm. like it became not on purpose, but it became our shtick to be like those weird sisters who just sing their songs fast down <laughs> down the barrel of yeah, the gun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> But uh, yeah, it's only, I think it's only like in the last couple of years that I felt we felt a little bit like just more relaxed next to each other. But it, yeah, yeah, it does. It is actually just really weird to perform with it. Like you'll know, it's just weird to perform with another person. Yeah. And then when they're your sibling as well, and you, <clears throat> and yeah, it it took us a really really long time to work out what actually what we were actually doing on stage. Like yeah, yeah. Jury's out whether we still do, but yeah. <laughs> and if we ever will. Yeah. Well, I always found it when we were doing when I was doing it. Because I, the way I do things, I'm not that scripted. I've got an idea. I, I've got stuff in my head, like chunks of material that I've written down. But I'm not. I won't stick to that. It'll. I'll go off. And if something happens in the room, I'll go off on one, on a tangent. Whereas the guy I was with was a bit more scripted. And so the the two things we couldn't really. When it when we did gel, it was brilliant. But a lot of the time it was like I do my thing, he do his, and we'd have to kind of. We, we sort of stand there while the other one's doing his bit yeah. and then wait for the next bit and so <laughs> it takes a while to get and when, when it works suddenly we'd click and it would go off on one and yeah. I don't want to use the word improv but it, it would just kick in and we'd be saying things we didn't even know we were going to say Yeah. so I recognise what you're saying when you go like when you have those moments when you're going off on one and you're being a bit more playful those are just fantastic aren't they yeah, yeah. they're the fun bits yeah and then you can like pick up jokes that you can take throughout the show that you won't have in any other show because it's just for that audience that yeah. night. Which, yeah, we, we wouldn't have done that two years ago, I no. don't think. No. And it's like, I think you're always worried as well that like you want your material and you, like to be bulletproof and you want to look like you know what you're doing. And so I think you're sort of, we were sort of worried to sort of play within that because we don't want people, we didn't want people to think that we were sloppy or like not proper stand-ups or whatever. Um, and so having, but now like the music and the songs and stuff, like they do the work and they show people that like, we know what we're doing and we're like skilled at that thing. Most of like time. most of the time, not always. We still don't have a closer for the show that opens in three days. They sold out uh, tour that you're yeah. doing. The, uh, half the show's missing, but uh, don't worry about it. Just buy tickets. <laughs> but like we, now that like, I think people, generally speaking trust us when we're doing songs so they know that even if the bits in between go hog wild and we're they don't know what we're talking about we're having a nice time but it's gone crazy they at least have the security of knowing okay well at some point they're going to do another song and they seem to know what they're doing then (laughs) so like it's nice again like it just shows people or not shows people it's not a conscious thing but it allows um it allows us to just be like human beings instead of these fucking robots that just power yeah. a million words at an audience and then don't look at each other and leave the stage. Like, which is, <laughs> now that you say it out loud, it's fucking weird. And if I was watching that, I'd be like, what the fuck is going on? These What's people going on have got trauma, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it's, it's funny you mentioned that with the, at least the people know that there's going to be, I remember uh, Terry Alderton saying to me once he just said you know in a show you've got stepping stones and you can go anywhere you like in between the stepping stones as long as you get to the next stepping stone so I suppose the songs would be the stepping stones in the show I guess yeah the, pretty you know, much yeah. yeah yeah 
Yeah. yeah, as long as we provide, providing that we remember them and put them in the right place. Yeah. <laughs> the stepping stones might be in different lakes, but yeah. there will be stones. <laughs> More like Takeshi's Castle, you don't know. Yeah, yeah, true, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Those are definitely our stepping stones, where you step on it and you just get plummeted into the sea and smack your head on another stone on the way down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, the songs are through this door. Oh, this door doesn't open. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's a samurai, fuck. Yeah, shit. <laughs> <laughs> but you're still enjoying it you're still you're still having a good time yeah enjoying it yeah. more than ever yeah, yeah. definitely excellent and as, definitely. As, do you ever I'm going to I'll ask my flatmate uh, Paul Sweeney lovely man beautiful man uh, <laughs> he's got a really great relationship with his family like there's a WhatsApp group and everything which I find weird as fuck <laughs> <laughs> have you got the same sort of thing just with our mum we don't oh, have a right, family right. WhatsApp group that's no. like all of our cousins. No. But we would, they would find that very embarrassing. Yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> yeah. But I also, I think if we didn't do this, I wonder, like, I did wonder, like, how much we would talk. Like, would we have a little WhatsApp group with our mum still, do you think? Or would we just talk yeah. separately to our mum and separately to each other? Probably. Because now a lot of the news that we have is the same, so our mum can just feed off one of us. Because yeah. it should right, be yeah. the same for the other person. Yeah. We always, shall we, or like Zoom or like FaceTime her or whatever sometimes. And if we can't, we usually try and do it together. Um, and if we can't, and like say Rosie Zoom, uh, uh, Zooms first and then I'm next. She's like, any news? Like, well, I mean, you spoke to Rosie yesterday and her at right, right now her news is my news. So, oh, no. Yeah. Okay, nice to see you. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> do you, how, how often do you, would you talk to your family? Like... Um, not very often, and mm. it's only it's only because I don't know. I just don't. We don't. Uh, we, uh, I'm terrible at it. <laughs> but what I find, my mum, my mum will text me and she go, "I haven't heard from you. I don't know what's going on." Like, mum, I haven't heard from you either. You've yeah. got phone. yeah. phones work both ways. It's yeah, yeah. Like, there's this re- weird thing where I have to be the one, yeah, being in contact. I, I, yeah. I, I guess we're just not. We we all love each other. Of course we do, and. and but we're just not, we're not a close family. I mean, yeah. if my mum hears this, she'll be heartbroken. But, um, <laughs> it's not, we just don't, we just haven't been, we don't ring each other up and yeah. shoot the shit. We just don't do it. When you're to, like, how often would you see them? Like, would you, like, when you're together, do you get along better? Is it the phones that get in the way? Uh, well, I'd, every time I go around there, it ends up, one, Death in Paradise is always on the television. <laughs> <laughs> and we just I don't know they just kind of roll their eyes at me a lot I don't think they can they, they can't understand what I do really they appreciate it and they're proud of me but yeah. they don't get it yeah you know like I'll tell them I'll tell them about the podcast and you know who we've had on and the numbers and things like that and they're like alright okay but I mentioned once a couple of years ago that I was going to do barbering just to have a skill just because I fancy doing it and mum was elated. Oh, <laughs> finally, a proper job. Ah. <laughs> so I don't know if that's to say. You, you sound like you've got... My mum and dad are proud of me. Of course, they are encouraging. Yeah. And you sound like your mum's very encouraging. She yeah. is. Yeah, I think it, it took her a while. I don't think a mm. parent will ever understand when their kids go into entertainment or comedy or anything like that. No. They'll never be able to like fully understand it because it's such a weird... Exp- there's, it's, there's no experience like it, I don't think. No. And of and our mum was always in a sort of like a normal nine to five job for most of our childhood, um, so it is really hard to describe and explain. And then your kids are like 
other people will then have opinions on your kids who are strangers. It's just like a really weird thing to get used to. Yeah. So I do, I've got a lot of sympathy for them having to like work out how they feel about it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she's, she is fortunately like re- uh, really supportive. And I think as long as we're not, not like eating beans out of a shoe, then she's like, fine. <laughs> well, you keep yeah. doing what you need to do to make you feel good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. As long as it gives you comfort. Yeah. She tries not to, um, she tries not to, prod too much or ask too much she just sort of like checks in to see if we're all right yeah, yeah we're quite fortunate in in that in the yeah. math department yeah oh, i remember cool. when we did um when we got live at the apollo and we like we don't really they'll come to like the weirdest like previews to like three people and they're like we come to see your show at, in banbury and you're like why are you coming to banbury to see the show it's gonna be shit um it but so they like pick up these weird gigs and then when we got live at the apollo we were like oh my God, mum, we're doing live at the Apollo. Um, do you want to come? And she was like, well, I am teaching piano that day. And you're like, oh, it's live at the Apollo. <laughs> yeah. But they just don't understand. I don't like, yeah. unless you watch live at the Apollo, like it's just, I don't know. They don't, just don't quite. Yeah. And so like, and then we were like, I think like, we're not like, we don't ask them to come. Like they obviously like come and see shows and stuff, but we don't actively say, we never say you should come to this one or you should come to that. Um, so when we got Apollo, we were like, I just, um, it, I think you might like to be at this yeah. one. I think this might be a cool one for you to come and see. And then they like, it was never like, oh God, I've got to cancel this thing. They're like, oh, okay. I think because you also like, you play it down a lot as well, don't you? Because you're like, hopefully there'll be not lots of Apollos, but like you hope that you will be doing lots of just regular shows, like live yeah. shows and stuff. Um, so you're not sort of in the, you sort of exhaust all of that energy in the beginning where you need people to be coming to see you. Yeah. Um, and then, the more the longer you do it the more you're like you don't need to come to this one but like maybe this one's a nice one or whatever um so i think the fact that we said to her like i think you might i think this might be one that you'd want to come to she was like oh, okay i'll come to that then and then obviously it was like oh my god i can't believe i was going to teach a piano lesson and stuff <laughs> okay. yeah, but, yeah i one, think they, yeah. they're just and like yeah there's no reason why they should understand it because no. i didn't I, I wouldn't be able to tell you anything about what she did at ibm because no. like why would i know um so yeah but yeah they're yeah. really they're really great and, oh that's cool yeah. was there a yeah. moment when you were doing apollo did you have a moment where you went fucking hell this is what we're doing because it's having been in that room it's a huge room and it's, when you start yeah. out you know you know what you know everybody wants to achieve that you know that kind of level or you know do those gigs it must be, did you have a moment where you were like fucking hell <laughs> yeah. this yeah. is it yeah. this is the one I had that moment when I was playing the drum kit for for one of the songs in our set and um I was sound sound checking the kick drum and the boom like came through the came through the theatre and I was like, Fucking hell, I'm sound checking a drum kit on Amazing. the live at the Apollo stage. Yeah. It just felt mad. Um yeah. I think as it just sort I don't know, it just it came we got booked for it like pretty last minute, so it just came around really fast. We were like, We've just gotta get a shit together. I don't think it was till like a month later, I was like, Fucking hell, we did the Apollo. Yeah. Yeah, right. Because you stress about what you're wearing and all that, all that other stuff. You stress about all your material and doing like your warm up gigs that you're like, you've just, yeah, it just sort of goes over your head really fast. But yeah, it was like a pitch me moment for sure. Yeah, yeah, I think it's fantastic. And it, seeing you up there and seeing, like, seeing that you've achieved that, and it just, it's just fucking great. And I'm really, oh, and I'm really pleased for you. I mean, oh, well done. You. Well, I mean, I'm not patronising you anyway. 
Oh, well done. Nice, nice. <laughs> Thank you, Richard. Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> but you got your tour. You got your tour coming. That's uh, what was that? I've got the dates in front of me. Bluesbury Theatre, sixth, thirteenth of March, and the seventeenth of June. Um, and I just we added, just added it, one on the sixteenth as well. There you go on the sixteenth of June. Wonderful, wonderful. Oh, also, uh, you also be playing. Are you going to Melbourne International Comedy Festival? Yes. Go there, thirty first of March, twenty fourth April. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. I'm really pleased. And thank you for coming on oh, and having a chat. Us. We really appreciate that. Thank um, you for having us. Oh, it's our pleasure. Uh, also, you're on. Uh, I've got it all in front of me. Producer Paul just put it up. <laughs> Read uh, it out. Hour long special streaming in over 200 countries on Amazon Prime. <laughs> Have that. There you go. Um, thank you for coming on. No, thank you for your pleasure. time. Yeah. Nice. Oh, thank you. When can Sorry, we, where, can, where can we find you online? Flowandjoan.com. Everything's yep. on there. Excellent. All the shit's on there. <laughs> Way to throw it. Just find it your fucking self. <laughs> Get um, lit. Thank you so much. Thank you, you too. Thanks, Rich. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So, for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowl and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowl and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Made by darkhorsedigital.co.uk. Shooting, live streaming and podcast production.